Mr. Sheffield. Miss Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the season finale of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the hit sitcom The Nanny, starring Fran Drescher from the 90s. And I am Sean Pasquale here with my co-host, Toria Sheffield. And this is it, Toria, the end of season, season <gasps> three, episode 27, A Pup in Paris. I can't believe it. I feel like Can season three it? went by in a total blur. That's interesting. I feel like we've been doing season three for 10 years. But I think both are true. <laughs> <laughs> Two things can be true. <laughs> this was an episode written by Diane Wilk and directed by Dorothy Lyman, a great team, uh, Wilk and Lyman. And this is the one in which Fran and Mr. Sheffield accidentally go to Paris. Well, Fran accidentally goes to Paris with Mr. Sheffield. Mm-hmm. It's a classic switcheroo episode. So much so that this episode gets very meta, making fun of this scenario. Like, they bring it up a lot, where they're like, only you, Fran, you know? Yes. One of my favorite lines of this episode uh, calls attention to how absurd this is, but also how, like, classic this is for Fran. For Fran. But, mm -hmm. So the episode starts off establishing that Fran is supposed to take Chester to the vet, while Mr. Sheffield is about to leave for the airport um, to Paris to, quote, like, talk some sense into his younger brother, Nigel, who apparently just brought just bought, like, some seedy nightclub there with his inheritance money. And I wrote, new family member alert. And it also seems like Nigel is significantly younger than Mr. Sheffield, like, like younger than 30, maybe. Okay, I had questions about this. We never met this guy before, right? Because I thought I was, like, forgot some major thing about Mr. Sheffield where he's never said he had a brother, has he? I don't recall him ever mentioning a brother. We've obviously met his sister, yes. but I mean, I think this might be the first time they've ever mentioned it. Okay. But also oh, Mr. Mr. Sheffield then makes some comment where he's like, Oh, you know, he's, you know, made some, you know, hair, another harebrained investment. This is why I, you know, keep telling mother, no member of our family should have access to their trust fund until after 30. So I'm like, oh, and so he has a significantly younger brother, which maybe yeah. makes sense because when we met his sister, they seemed very close and chummy. Like maybe they had kind of like grown up close in age and then maybe there was a little oopsie baby a little sure. later in life. Yeah, yeah that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I fit the puzzle pieces together and then was like, that checks out to me. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't so egregious that, you know, it, it was like, what? It, I was just, I couldn't remember. I was like, oh, maybe he does have a brother. And they said his siblings or something before. I don't know. We do know he had, what, like an uncle who thinks he's a leprechaun, right? Yes. Yes. I <laughs> um, hope the brother comes back. I like this actor. I think, okay. I have an answer to that, but I don't want to blow trivia up. Did I put this okay. in trivia? No, it's not yeah, even in trivia. Okay. Oh. Um, it's not in trivia. We do see the brother in two more episodes. Oh, good. I like this guy. I thought he was fun. And, yeah, and, and by the end of this episode, I was like, once again, they made they made Mr. Sheffield seem like a complete dick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, my notes towards the end of the episode are just like, Jesus, Maxwell, why yeah. are you such a dick about everything? Because he's a little, he's a little baby man. Yeah, he's but a little baby man. All right. the, also, I love how we were like, we're going to zoom through this. And we've we're zooming through like it. It's only ten... three minutes. We're okay. fine. <laughs> well... This is a classic sw switcheroo episode where um, Fran realizes that Mr. Sheffield took the wrong bag. 
meaning he took the carrier case that has a a sedated Chester while she still has his uh, like carry on case. And I I was like, this is a little unbelievable to me. Like if you've ever carried an animal in a bag, like there is a certain weight distribution that I think feels completely different. It feels good because that was my first thought too. Because what happens is we get this opening scene and Maxwell sort of establishes I'm going to Paris to deal with my brother. And then at the same time, or like right before that, Cece comes in and she's like, oh, Chester, blah, blah, blah. And he's got to be sedated to go to the vet. And they put him, they put Chester in this little like black duffel carry case. And then they put that on the floor. And then Mr. Sheffield comes in and puts his black duffel carry case suitcase on the floor right next to it. And the bags do look similar. But then as Mr. Sheffield's leaving, Fran picks up the Chester bag, doesn't notice that it doesn't feel like a suitcase. It feels like a weird, you know, like when you hold an animal, it feels like uneven and kind of weird. And then she hands it to Mr. Sheffield, who also doesn't notice a difference, and he walks out. (laughs) Well, then you're also like, poor Chester, because being manhandled like actual luggage is like so much worse. That means through the dog. Well, no, because he's a carry on, to be fair. Yeah, but still, you, you would treat it differently. But hey, you, you, you know what? It's sitcom magic. It's sitcom magic. The dog's did, okay. He's fine. And it did lead to this very funny beat where after Mr. Sheffield exits the kitchen, Yetta arrives because she was going to go with Fran to the vet. And she's like, let me take a look at the dog. And she opens Mr. Sheffield's carry-on case. And then she's so senile that she just um, pulls out like a suede coat, starts patting it and goes, wow, she don't feed him enough. <laughs> There was so much, so much good Yetta stuff because she also arrives at the Sheffield mansion in an ambulance. Yeah. And it's, it's very, they make it very clear that she just scammed the ambulance, the ambulance driver. Like she flagged them down on the side of the road and was like, I don't feel good. And then as they got closer to this neighborhood, she went, I feel better. Drop you off here. But we also know that's her MO. She pretends to be, um, to, to have dementia. So cop cars will pick her up and drive her home. It's (laughs) Um, so good. It's so good. She also says um, of the dog, uh, or no, someone goes, he's not, she says, I think the dog's dead. And then they go, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. And Yetta goes, I get that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. So, but then this leads to, you know, the next scene where Fran rushes onto the plane and she actually Mm -hmm. says she used Cece's credit card to buy the ticket because she had Cece's card for when she was supposed to go to the vet. And, you know, she runs over to Mr. Sheffield and she's like, you know, we switched the bag. I think she actually says like, you accidentally took the wrong bag that I gave you. Yeah. (laughs) Thinking no accountability. And he's like, okay, well just like, you know, quickly switch the luggage and get off the plane. Go, go, go. But of course she ends up getting trapped um, during. Okay. We talk about a lot of stuff on airplanes that I forgot existed on airplanes, like giant closets for suitcases. I didn't know that was a thing. Maybe it's still a thing, but I've never seen that before. I also forgot that airplanes used to have phones that you could pay for to use. Yeah, with credit cards. Bananas. I don't know how I forgot that. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, we were never allowed to use those. Yeah. Like if you if you want there was a well, the thing is, it was it only lasted for a brief period of time because there was this period of time um, before. Like after they invented the technology to have a phone on a plane, but before cell phones, yes. where there was these clunky phones in front of you that you would pull out from like the seat and then use a credit card to pay. And then you could like, you know, make a very expensive call that had horrible reception. 
Well, it was like original car phones were like the exact mm-hmm. same thing without the take out minus the credit card part, but they were just like phones built into cars that you could just like pick up with a cord and talk to someone and it sounded horrible. And you uh, had and- a, a very specific severe antenna on your car if you yes. had a car phone. You know, hey, memory lane, maybe this is new for some of our younger listeners, but I'm sure it is. Yeah. Uh, but no, anyway, we, so yeah. So we lived through hell. We lived through hell. Cars that had wires. <laughs> so Fran goes to grab Chester and she goes into this luggage closet to go look for him. Again, I was like, why doesn't they what is this a, I guess it it must have been a common enough thing that this could happen. Cause I was like, I, I it felt like a stretch that there was a closet she could get locked in, but okay. She goes to look into the, in this luggage closet and a, and a, um, a, a, a air, air flight attendant passes by the closet as they're like getting ready for takeoff and just kind of presses the button and the door slides closed. It was very futuristic, very Star Trek, uh, slides closed and she's locked in and then the plane takes off and friends. Friends locked in the closet. Yep, yep. And uh, then, <laughs> much like R. Kelly, friend is trapped in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then you know we'd cut to like what was clearly a commercial break. We come back. You know, Mister Sheffield hears someone who sounds just like Fran yelling for help. So he discovers her in the closet, and you know, of course, he's furious and he's like, "You know, this is so absurd. This is so absurd." And then you know they sit down. And then he's like, well, wait a second. If you're here, no one's watching the children. So that's when he grabs the huge airplane phone and they call the house. And this is what really made me laugh because, you know, they get, you know, the staff. At, well, first at the of house. all, Niles would be watching the children. This was such a weird reaction because he's like, no one is with the kids. And it's well, like, not, so Niles maybe, is there. <laughs> maybe I could see, though, like initially, like if Niles doesn't yet know she's missing, then like, you know. Gracie could have had to need to be like picked up from something or like it could be sure. a problem at least initially before but then sure. instead when Niles is on the phone he goes oh we weren't worried sir we figured it was something as simple as getting locked in the luggage closet on a 747 <laughs> 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 I love so hard because it's like Fran is so predictable that something that absurd is just like oh yeah she probably just got locked in the closet and is now stuck on the plane there's a great scene on the plane where when he first discovers her he he's sit, sits down in his seat by the window and he, and she's like, please, like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, well, I guess you're here now, you know, may as well sit down. And she like takes a beat and she goes, Oh, you like to sit by the window too, huh? And she like kind of frowns and he like rolls his eyes and gets up and lets her sit by the window. And then she sits by the window and she goes, Oh, but now it's really hard to see the screen with the movie playing. And he, and he, and he like again looks at her and she's like, mm, and then he like gets up again. <laughs> I, yeah, I loved it. It's also like, it's just like the classic dynamic of the person who's like always, always like at their wits end, but still like has a soft spot and won't get walked on. Yeah. But so then, you know, we cut to the exterior of a Ritz Carlton in Paris and it, you know, and then we, go to the hotel room and it's one of those classic like you know mr chef was like i can't believe there's only one wor- one hotel room left in the entire city and it only has one bed <laughs> which you know <laughs> we've, we've seen in many a movie and tv show before of course um, and then uh actually the the bellboy explains that the city is so crowded right now because the new andrew lloyd weber show is opening <laughs> which is just you know just a little a great dig. a great extra dig yeah yeah and then i wrote i'm like we have a heavy dose of 
what I would say is not even sexual tension. It's just overt horniness for a few minutes because yeah, literally like they get on the bed because they're tired and Fran kind of pats it and is making like come hither motions and she's like ogling him while he like starts yeah. to kind of like unbutton a shirt. No, they land in Paris and they make it very like the writing makes it very clear. Fran is like, we're here. I like this guy. I'm going to like make this happen in Paris. And then she sort of like turns it on pretty heavy when they get to the bedroom. And it's like, you know, eh, lay down with me. Like, let's, you know, yeah, she she seems to. And he does not seem to be getting any of the signals in classic yeah. Maxwell fashion. But it's more that he's, I think, like avoiding them. Like when they first lay down exhausted and then turn towards each other and they realize just how close they are, he like springs up and is like, well, I'm actually not tired anymore. So it's like he's resisting anything and she is kind of like, she's kind of toying with him. Like you get the sense that like she kind of is enjoying making him a little uncomfortable. But like yeah. if he were to kiss her, I think she'd be down. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a little bit of new energy. Well, and it and it tracks with where he ends up at the, or that's not till the next episode, I think. But, yeah, but, but it's it, all it, one... it tracks to it's all one story, so it tracks mm -hmm. to where he ends up at the end of this arc. Uh, this arc, yeah, for yeah. Sure. And then they, they end up getting interrupted anyway by his brother Nigel, um, who I said he who seems realistically like Maxwell Sheffield's little brother, um, played by an English actor named Harry Van Gorkum, and. Who, as we said, like, um, he portrays this character in two other episodes. And this was probably like my favorite scene of the whole episode. Because Mine too. And I feel like I'm going to blow all of my favorite quotes because there's so much good stuff in this scene. Yeah, it's fine. It's the, it's the finale. We can get, we can get loose. We get loose. So we meet Nigel and, and there's a fantastic exchange where he, Mr. Sheffield goes, this is my nanny. And then Nigel goes, oh, you brought the kids. And he sort of like looks around the room. And then Mr. Sheffield goes, no, 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 they're in New York. And then Nigel goes, oh, I get it. Nanny, spank, spank. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very funny. So but, good. Yeah, oh, well, I get it. Nanny, spank, yeah. spank. <laughs> and he was very good at that type of sort of like, um, you know, gosh, I, I'm losing my words this morning, but that type of like uh, upper class English guy that's kind of you know, very much like, I'm not, you know, let's just go have fun. Like anything, like nothing matters. Like we have all the money in the world. <laughs> um, but so Maxwell and Nigel, they start off civil and then it completely descends into just like two brothers wrestling and slapping at each other because, you know, the crux of their issue is, you know, Mr. Sheffield is basically like, oh, come on, Nigel. Like, don't you think it's time you grow up a bit and do something real with your life? And, you know, this whole nightclub business is just silliness. And then Nigel is basically like, no, like, I like this and you're, you've become old and boring and out of touch. And, and they just literally end up wrestling on the bed and uh, Fred breaks it up. Nigel storms out and then they're alone again. Um, and at this point, Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, you know, this was a disaster. Let's just go home. And France like, I, she says something where she's like, no, you know, we've come all this way. It would be such a shame if you don't mend things with your brother. Like, let's just go to his club tonight. And then uh, I think she says something like, you know, if if we have to, you know, go eat French food, drink French champagne and go to that nightclub, like we should just make that sacrifice. <laughs> so clearly also, you know, it's totally self-serving. And then he's like, oh, all right. Well, we do have a few hours until his club opens. Like, What should we do before then? And she's like, she's literally like, Mr. Sheffield, I want you to take me. And she like 
pulls him towards her. And then she's like, shopping. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Well, and then we get the answer to my question from last week, which was, wow, did they really schlep the entire cast and crew to both a, 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 an island cruise vacation and then the very next episode take them to Paris? And the answer is no. no. They <laughs> shot 90% of this episode on a stage in Los Angeles. And then it looks like they flew Mr. Sheffield and Fran to Paris with like a minimal crew to the point where, I don't know if you noticed this, but the film stock changes when we get this Paris shopping montage and they are just handheld shooting on a film camera. And it I'm looks even gorgeous. Sure. I'm not even sure they were in Paris at all. Oh, they like were. 100% in Paris. Definitely. 100%. Okay. But that was a not... lot of this was also green screen. Nah, it no, wasn't. No, a lot of it was green screen. Nope. Green screen it didn't was. look this good back it. then. No, no, no. A lot of it was green screen. Rewatch it. Well, yeah, the, 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 um, the Eiffel Tower stuff. If you rewatch it, you'll realize 90% of it was green screen. Hilarious. Even them coming in and out of some stores was green screen. Crazy. Yeah, because I looked online because I was like, oh, well, you know, this is like slightly less quality B-roll than I was expecting. <laughs> but... This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. End result is we are supposed to get the impression that they had this like wonderful picturesque day in Paris. You know, they're going in and out of stores where it's like, you know, Fran goes in in the outfit she arrived in and she pops out in this like adorable chic sort of retro mini skirt and top. I think Chester even has a new outfit. They're seeing the Eiffel Tower. Um, I think one of the most awkward green screen shots is when they're supposed to look like they're enjoying ice cream cones. <laughs> they're clearly just on a soundstage being told, like, look like you're looking around at a bustling city. And but, they, you know, they have this wonderful day and it ends up with them that evening in Nigel's nightclub. Fran looks fabulous in this dress. Um, and Eartha Kitt is singing. Yeah. Uh, very, very famous singer. And I just wrote, do you remember her um, in Ernest Scared Stupid? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Eartha Kitt had an amazing singing career and then sort of like got more fame when she did, she took over as Catwoman on the 60s, on the, the Adam West 60s Batman. And then this cameo is like the late stage of Eartha Kitt where she was both playing off of her singing career and the Catwoman thing, which is why we're getting a lot of like, yes. in this. Yeah, she was a very just like sexy, sensual singer. Yeah. Um, and she's an amazing Catwoman. But I just think it's funny because much as we were talking about a few episodes ago that like my first introduction, introduction to Burt Bacharach, even though he was like a legendary talent was through Austin Powers. When I see Eartha Kitt, I first think of the old lady in Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that was my yeah. first introduction to her. And well, she was great. I mean, in it. She's great. That's one of my favorite. Maybe that's our next podcast is we do all the Ernest movies. <laughs> <laughs> earnestly, earnestly Ernest. <laughs> um, <laughs> earnestly watching there. I mean, we used to watch um, 
the Ernest Christmas movie, which I can't remember what it was called every year. We, my dad loved that movie. Um, Ernest Saves Christmas. Ernest Saves Christmas. Okay. Well, that's for another time. But while we were at this nightclub, first of all, it's packed. It has amazing talent. Everyone's having an amazing time. And like, you know, Fran and Mr. Sheffield realized like Nigel's actually doing a really good job with this place. Like despite Mr. Sheffield calling it sort of this like, you know, it's children. okay. So that's my note here is like, first of all, I loved the, the Eartha Kit cameo. I loved it. And then I laughed out loud when I realized we're in Nigel's and to quote Mr. Sheffield, seedy nightclub. I was like, this is like a upscale fancy place with Eartha freaking Kit on stage. It's not like a trash. I thought it was going to be like a strip club from well, the way I he described that's it. That's the point is that like, you know, the family has underestimated him and maybe he's had like other failed endeavors in the past. And But he clearly is like kind of grown up. And, and I think this yeah. really surprised Mr. Sheffield. And he had to sort of admit that, oh, he's he's really done well here. But the thing is, you know, while admitting that, he also kind of, you know, starts to like look over at his brother who's like, you know, greeting guests and kind of being master of ceremonies. And he clearly kind of has some jealousy towards him, you know, and and, and Fran's like, you wish you were him, don't you? It's and, so sad. That was my note is this is sad. <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, it's not like Mr. Sheffield is like, you know, an estate lawyer who didn't follow his dream of doing something creative. Like, Mr. Sheffield could definitely be like working parties just like this. So it's yeah, that's of- why it's so that's why it's so pathetic. It's pathetic because of that, because it's like he's just jealous that like he's not cool. It's not like he didn't have the exact same opportunities. And it's not like, oh, I had to like, you know, tamper down my fun side to go, you know, work as an accountant. It's like you work in the theater. You could be having like theater parties and be doing this. You could have opened a club like he could be doing literally this. Yeah. So it's just his own stuffiness that gets in his way, which makes it just like pathetic. Honestly, (laughs) You're right. It's like it's literally just you. It's just you. You're just not cool, dude. And it's pathetic. And then you're mad at your brother because he's cooler than you. And it's like, well, just be cool. Just go do some cool shit. It Uh, it also makes a great case for why he needs Fran, which I I definitely Mm -hmm. think was by design because she could bring this to and does bring this to his life. You know? Yeah. And so Mr. Sheffield is like, you know, he's like, you know, I used to be like him. And he's like, I want to rediscover my passion. And he like bolts up from the chair and he's like, you know what? I'm in Paris. I'm with a beautiful woman. Let's go below this nightclub and see where life takes us. And you think you're going to go like, yeah, yeah. yeah." And hard cut. Yeah. Hard cut. They're back on an airplane. (laughs) Mr. Sheffield clearly wussed out and is like, no, let's take the first plane home again she even to the point where they're like taking three connecting flights to get home yeah yeah she was like you're probably right going straight home was the uh best option but she clearly was just like a little disappointed but it's like whatever and that's very classic mr sheffield like you know wanted to be cool um spontaneous guy and then clearly they walked out the door and he was like well you know i i do have these meetings coming up and oh i you know whatever went on in its head so they're back on the plane. They're just sitting next to each other. And then the plane starts to shake. And it's like getting really bad. Like they have the like flight attendants are screaming and like running around panic. And then um, they look into each other's eyes. And she's like, you know, Mr. Sheffield, I just want to say the last three years have been like the best three years of my life. And he's like, Miss Fine. Or no, I think, yeah, I think he says, Miss Fine, I love you. And or maybe, and then 
he's she's like I think you can call me Fran. And then he's like, Fran, I love you. And they kiss really passionately. And then the oxygen masks come down and we get our first ever nanny to be continued. I know. It was pretty big. I'll tell you what, they kissed. And I was like, ah, they kissed before, whatever. I was watching with Elizabeth. And then he pulls away from the kiss and he goes, ah, Miss friend, I love you. And Elizabeth and I both went, oh, (laughs) we gasped, audibly gasped. And then we got them to be continued. And this and is the finale. So you were going to have like the whole that's summer. It. You got the whole summer to wait. And spoiler alert, we are also taking the next four months off. No, I'm just kidding. We'll be back next week with a new episode, baby. Yes. Season four starts next week. You folks don't have to wait. You live I in thought- the future. Everything is instant. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to say, you fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> You actually believe that, you fucking fucking idiots. idiots. (laughs) So it's time to get into segments. Yeah. Yeah, that was the episode. Segments. Oh, by the way, before I play it, this is going to be the last time you ever hear this version of the segments theme, so relish it. That almost sounded again like this will be the last time you ever hear this. ominous. (laughs) You're all going to die. Why are you threatening all our listeners recently? All right, segments. Um, and now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. I really liked at the beginning when Brighton overhears that his he overhears his dad saying that, like, you know, oh, no one in this family should have access to their trust fund until they're 30 and then brighton's like oh great i'm not gonna have a date until i'm 30 and fran goes well you know at least when you turn 30 you'll be rich when i turn 30 i'll be 40 <laughs> like, <laughs> like that and um i, I also liked um they're worried about the dog tranquilizer and uh and fran says oh mom once took a doggy tranquilizer by accident she thought it was a dexatrim <laughs> <laughs> Um, I already said this, but I liked when um, when Fran gets on the plane and Mr. Sheffield's like, Miss Fine, what are you doing here? And then when she's like, uh, you accidentally took the wrong bag I gave you. I, I just love like the zero accountability and the delivery. Yeah. Um, and then um, when they meet Eartha Kitt, he says, uh, oh, Eartha, this is this is my nanny. And then uh, Fran says, oh, my God, how do you stay so young? And Eartha Kid goes, I have a nanny, too. Hello, Lorenzo, darling. And she waves this, like, young man. Yes, yes, yes. I also, I was going to say, Eartha Kid is very good at that thing that, remember, we discovered I couldn't do a while back. Yeah, rolling her R's. That's her whole thing. Yeah, and I did, no, I did, I did the pirate R. Yeah, no, no, no. No. She goes, hello, Lorenzo, darling. Yeah. Wait, let me try. I did it. Yeah, you did it. Yay. Uh, Okay. It's like a baby. (laughs) Um, And then what else? Oh, oh, and then when the plane hits the turbulence, this was my favorite thing. The plane hits turbulence and Fran goes, well, I once heard that you just have to look for the stewardesses and they'll tell you whether you should panic or not. And then this flight attendant comes running down the aisle going, ah, (laughs) like we're all going to crash. And then 
And then later, like a couple seconds later, she comes running back and she runs up to Fran and she goes, put your tray away. You want to get us all killed? And Fran's like, oh, my God. And she like quickly puts her tray away. <laughs> I love put your tray away. You want to get us all killed? <laughs> um, if I was a flight attendant, I would do that bit on every flight. <laughs> um, and then I think my favorite line or my favorite exchange of this whole episode is we're at the mansion and Cece's like, Niles, I've been trying to reach Maxwell at the hotel all day. And then he's like, strange, try Miss Fine's room, 542. And oh, she's yeah. like, 542, but that's Maxwell's room. And he just looks at her and then goes, I know, funny, isn't it? And then he goes, funny, 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 funny. funny. <laughs> it was so cruel and so well delivered yeah. and so just like, it was so mean and vicious and quiet. <laughs> Honorable mention to the entire exchange between we find out that Yetta is watching the kids very briefly, you know, when, when Fran first gets stuck on the plane and, and that scene is just like them asking Yetta about the Titanic. <laughs> yes. And her describing it as, oh, it was great. They had a buffet and a huge ice sculpture. Yes. Oh, that reminds me. Um, One of my other favorite moments was a sight gag where we cut back to the mansion. Yetta is lying on the couch reading a magazine and very casually stroking the coat that she thinks is Chester. And we right. never talk about it. It's just like right. a sight gag. I loved it. Um, yeah. And though I think you know I, this was a this was a funny episode, and I think those were my highlights. Oh, solid episode! I I, I liked it. I I, mm -hmm. I was really it was a solid season finale. Mm -hmm. um, um, for Yiddish, I didn't track any Yiddish, but there no, was but a we get a lot in part two. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And there I, mm -hmm. there also was a bagel and locks reference, which is close enough for me. Oh my god! Hey, I love bagel and locks. In fact. I, I heard it and I were such I cliches. I mean, I, I do love You're like, there's no Yiddish in this episode, but they did say the word bagel. Mm, I'm hungry. <laughs> Truly. Um, trivia. Okay. This is the eighth time Fran and Maxwell kiss, at least according mm. to IMDb. IMDb. Tracks. I believe and that. Then I, and then I said, this was the second Babe Pig in the City reference, according to me, Toria Sheffield. Yeah. It was. That's the movie that they're watching on the flight. Yep. And Mr. Sheffield has referenced this movie once before, but they never say babe. They always refer to like that movie with the talking pig. So like yes. clearly someone in the writer's room, like really thought that that was a funny thing. Yes. Which it is. It is. I just love it when you can tell like there's certain little things that are like specific to maybe like a writing room where they're just like enjoying putting it in. Yeah. I mean, it was a really popular movie at the time. Didn't it get nominated for like an Oscar or something? Yeah, and it's so weird. I never liked Babe. Never <clears throat> no, liked and I think most people, I think most adults were perplexed. I think that's what this reaction is, is most adults were like, why is this weird pig movie getting like so much attention? Because it's but fine. I, but... I was of the age when it was supposed to, you know. I don't I was... know if it's an Oscar, you know. Pigs are journey animals. That's my take on it. Uh, I <laughs> I, I thought swine. I loved. I thought I loved pigs, and I wanted on like one of those micro mini pot belly pigs my whole life. And then I actually met some piglets, and their hooves scared me so much that I realized. I, I was mean, there's so a bad. reason we call cops pigs. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not because they're cute and cuddly. Hey, it's because they lay in their own crap. All right, what's next? <laughs> um, the friend of the CC. 
I related to the CC because I usually don't get what I want and then I get jealous. So. Oh, and see, I related to friend because I'm constantly getting stuck on airplanes. Really? Traveling, and traveling to far off location. I can't tell you how many times I accidentally got stuck on an airplane in a closet and only to oh, find myself in I, I Morocco said, or Paris or London. No, no. I just thought you meant you had like bad airplane luck where you get like delays. And, nope. You know. No, I mean, literally, I'm constantly just like finding myself. One time I was stuck in like the luggage underneath the plane. <laughs> One time I got stuck in a toilet on a plane because I really had to pee and I just like ran onto an airplane to go use their bathroom. It's hey. My life is chaotic. Hey, some people are going to believe it, a.k.a. Good. my mom. She's going to we'll ask see. me about this. So clarify, we'll that. that's yeah. just a goof. I'm, is it? We'll never find um, out. There actually is a story of a man who tried to ship himself from like Australia to the UK. And he was, I think, trapped upside down for like five days or something. And he survived. Sounds fun. It was a horrible, horrible story. Um, well, okay. if you have any terrible airplane stories, don't forget to share them. We're on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at oh Mr. Chef Pod. Uh, there's not going to be a very long delay between season three and season four of the show, you lucky fucks. So just hang out, talk to us for a week, and then our precious season four premiere will happen. And that's about it for me, Toria. Wait, also, I, hold on. I just yeah. had a huge brainstorm for season four because it just yeah. relates to this. Okay. You just asked the listener, you know, a few, a few weeks back, you asked listeners who, you know, for international to reach out to us and yeah. people reached out and it was awesome. And we had so many amazing comments back. You yeah. just asked your listeners to be like, do you have it? You know, sh- to share your, you know, crazy airplane stories. I think at the end of each episode, we should like ask our listeners a question that pertains to the episode and like hear back from them and like you know we'd love hearing your stories and i think that would be something we we do every week oh my god we just came up with a new segment folks get ready tori is going to come up with a name and remember to do this every week that'll be the final new going forward our new final segment will be question of the week i love it or it's great whoa did you feel that oh my god yeah i think i just felt that sean all right yeah. Oh, oh, it's getting worse. Oh, Tori, we oh gotta, guys, we gotta go there. I'm feeling. I think we're having an earthquake, Tori. Oh my god. Oh my oh god. Oh no, this is terrible. Oh. To be continued. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. I, uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>